Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the, another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm Kurt Chamberlain, your host. Uh, unfortunately, today we will not have our co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, with us. He is on vacation and a well-deserved one. Pastor, be safe, and we are praying for your travel mercy, sir. Uh, so today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I'll try not to make it too painful for you, uh, but we do have some very, very serious things that we need to talk about and discuss. Um, mainly being, uh, you know, since this is the Christian Underground News Network, uh, and by the way, I named it that uh, because uh, the current uh, socioeconomic slash political climate uh, in this country and, and in the world uh, overall, pretty much, uh, is, is one that is bound and determined to push us Christians uh, to that very place, underground, where we can't uh, have freedom of worship, uh, believe that. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit here as we, as we delve into some scripture. Uh, if you have your Bibles, by the way, Please uh, open them up to Proverbs, the first chapter. Proverbs in the Old Testament, right after Psalms. Uh, Proverbs being a, a, a wonderful book of wisdom. Uh, we're going to be looking at a majority of chapter 1 today. So, if you're ready, uh, let's just begin by reading uh, in Chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 7. Uh, I'll be making some commentary as we go along here, and I think you'll get the gist of, of this hour's broadcast very quickly. So let's begin reading. Uh, now I'm reading out of the New King James Version, uh, which I prefer. Uh, you may have another version, uh, so we'll go slowly here. So if you have another version uh, that you won't get left behind here. Um, so, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, by the way, th these are the words of King Lemuel to his son. And, uh, uh, and basically, uh, or not King Lemuel, I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Uh, and he is basically schooling his own son. Uh, and he starts off in verse 7, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it says in verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up alive as the grave, and whole as those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us, 
Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Now let's make a few comments here, uh, beginning with, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of turmoil in this country and, and worldwide, but in this country, uh, the turmoil has basically, is basically centered around uh, politics and the direction, the political direction that our country is going to take. Um, we've had a constitutional form of government for, uh, what, I think 230-some-odd years? Uh, quite a while. And it was founded on Christian principle. Uh, that is not debatable, although some will say it is. Uh, if you'll read the Constitution uh, very carefully, you'll understand it's plainly stated in the Constitution that uh, our founders were founding this on godly principle, Christian principle. Um, so let's look at verse 7 here. Um, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, right now, at this time in our nation's history, it occurs to me, as it probably, probably does to most of you, that now more than ever, we need knowledge and wisdom. And we need instruction. Where do we get that? Verse 7 says it plainly. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Where do we find the answers to fix our problems? God. The Lord Jesus Christ. The fear of the Lord, and that means the respect of the Lord. And in this nation, for many, many, many decades now, we have forgotten what Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says. If, if we feared or respected God as a nation, we would not be pushing prayer out of public schools. We would not be... Uh, legalizing the murder of unborn babies. And by the way, there's a reference to that. There's a reference to that uh, in this very passage that we just read in verse 12, uh, in verse 11 and 12. Uh, verse 11 says, If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. That sound familiar? How about Roe v. Wade? It's the woman's right to choose, is what, that, is what that piece of legislation says. It's the woman's right to choose whether she kills her unborn baby or not. And I hate to sound uh, you know, harsh and, and blunt and to the point, but let's face it, folks. We're not fearing the Lord if we okay and approve uh, that type of behavior. That is lurking privily for the innocent without cause. What did that baby do? What did that unborn fetus do? 
What did that human life do to deserve death? Nothing. But our government says it's okay to lurk privily for the innocent without cause. we got a big problem, folks. We've got a huge problem there, don't we? Yeah. Let us, verse 12, let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. That's exactly what's happening in planned parenthood clinics across this nation. I'm sorry, I, I get I get a little bit overwhelmed with some of this sometimes because this is serious stuff. We're not fearing the Lord. We're not fearing the Lord. Any of this sound familiar? Uh, verse 13. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. What, what do you think our, our members of Congress have been doing for many decades? And we've allowed them to do it. They get to go, we, we elect them, we are their bosses. They answer, the, supposedly answer to us, yet we allow them uh, to vote themselves a pay raise without our approval. I'm not sure how many times they've done it, but I know they've done it several times. They get to vote their own health care system into uh, operation without our approval. Hmm? They're filling their houses with spoil. And now they want us to do something else this upcoming election. Um, and in verse 14, they're saying, cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. We want to redistribute the wealth. Well, who's going to redistribute it? The government. And it all has to belong to the government before they can redistribute it. So they want to be in charge and take all authority, all freedom, all right to choose away from you. Well, except for the right to choose an, uh, to abort a, an, unborn, uh, an unborn baby. You can have that right. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. We got a big problem, folks. And that's what this election is mainly about. What, what direction is our country going to take? I'm in fear uh, for the direction our country will take, not for myself. Uh, I know who holds my future in his hands, and I don't have to fear it. Uh, but I'm in fear for those that may have to grow up without a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and have to deal with a socialist, communist, form of government. I've got grandbabies that I fear for. I'm sure many of you have children and grandchildren that could be growing up in a socialist, communist society. 
We better do something about it. We better do something about it. But King Solomon says, my son, walk not thou in the way with them. Don't you dare keep company with them, is what he's saying. Refrain thy foot from their path. That's verse 15. Don't you walk with them. Don't you buddy-buddy with them. Don't you agree with them. Don't get cozy with them. Why? Verse 16, it says, For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. My goodness, folks. How have we come to this point in our nation's history? Well, I think the answer to that can be summed up in, in six words. Seven words. Political correctness and the social justice agenda. That's right. Political correctness and the social justice agenda have brought us to where we're at. I tell you, uh, the social justice uh, agenda is probably, uh, it's really what has come about because of political correctness. Uh, I grew up in predominantly black neighborhoods from the time I was, oh, I think from the time I was eight uh, until my high school years. Uh, And every day I went to school, uh, sure, I was called, uh, I was a skinny white little pencil neck kid, I was a geek, and uh, you know, I was called uh, racial, you know, epithets were hurled at me on a daily basis, uh, and I can t- I can count on the n- on on one hand uh, the number of times that it actually bothered me. Zero. Half the time is because I didn't know what honky meant. Okay, I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what those things meant. I was raised in a household where we were taught that everybody was equal. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, epithets were not used, nor should they be. But if we're worried more about who's calling who what, than we are about what God has to say in his word, we're in trouble. We are despising and turning away from Wisdom and correct instruction, according to God's word. That's what's gotten us into this mess. That's what's gotten us into this mess. You know, these social justice issues are not the central theme of the gospel of Christ. However, uh, movements like the New Age movement, which... uh, really is it at the uh, is at the root of many of these 
politically correct and, and social justice agenda issues. Uh, New Age movement adherents refer to these issues as social justice issues and they place them at the very top of their priorities list. Remember that the New Age movement's purpose is to totally redefine religious thought and belief systems with the ultimate goal of reaching total peace and harmony and unity within a one-world government system. That is the ultimate goal. Let's have one government. Let's have one money. Huh? Oh, and let's have one religion. That's what the goal is. In order to achieve this goal, uh, the New Age movement must literally turn Christianity, which is the world's largest belief system, by the way, they have to turn Christianity upside down and change it totally from within. Does that sound like what's been happening in our churches uh, for many, many decades? Things that we are plainly told about in Scripture not to do, we're now allowing. And we discussed this, uh, the pastor and I discussed this in our last segment. Uh, last week, uh, the church is now uh, winking at uh, sins that we, we formerly uh, abhorred and were warned to stay away from. Now they're okay all of a sudden. How does that happen? Well, it happens uh, when you pervert the word of God. It happens when you turn a deaf ear to what God has to say in his word and change it for your own convenience. And that's what the church has done to a large extent in this country. So they have to turn Christianity upside down and change it totally from within. This would entail a refocusing of the main tenets of the faith from a Christ-centered gospel to a man-centered gospel. And their efforts are in full swing. These efforts are spearheaded by many financially and, I guess, politically powerful individuals. Some who uh, <laughs> prefer anonymity <laughs> and some who openly stand in the spotlight proudly. So what is social justice anyway? What, what exactly is that? Let's, let's delve into that a little bit. The concept of social justice has been around for centuries, really, and it puts forth the view that there's been a vast amount of unfairness which has occurred in the world, especially where economic equality is concerned. Most social justice advocates believe that um, wealth should be evenly distributed. This means that wealth would have to be collected by the government and redistributed to the poor in equal shares by the government. This theoretically would completely obliterate the need for wars and other types of strife because everyone now has equal wealth. The playing field has been leveled. Does this sound familiar to you? It should. It's what the current U.S. government administration is desperately trying to achieve while you go to work every day to try to support your family and secure your financial future. And when I say the current administration, I'm not talking about Trump specifically. I'm talking about our Congress um, because uh, quite plainly and simply, 
they can't be trusted anymore. And I'm not talking about just one party or another. Uh, both parties are equally complicit in, in many of the things that have brought us uh, politically, uh, spiritually, to this point in our country. Many of them. Both parties. Both parties are guilty. Now, I, I could say, uh, I think factually, that one party these days, in the last, oh, probably uh, 20 to 30 years, uh, have probably been most responsible for the predicaments that we're in right now. And I'll leave that to you to decide uh, which party that is. Uh, but it, the concept has been around for, uh, of social justice has been around for a long, long time. So, <laughs> the government wants to take, basically, whatever wealth you accrue through legislation and then give what you've worked hard for to someone who won't work. That's what social justice really is, at its very core. Uh, I personally call it socialism and Marxism. Uh, and by the way, historically, that has always failed wherever it has been tried. And all you need to do is look at your history, folks, to understand that. Read a history book and you'll see socialism, in the end, always fails. And when it fails, it doesn't just fail a little bit. It fails completely. And in the process, takes everybody down with it. I think the main problem with this social justice garbage is that it doesn't mesh with what the Bible says. Well, what does the Bible say? Well, it says in Second um, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, um, and this was Paul talking to the Thessalonians, uh, and he said, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Let's see, I don't think we need to clear that up any further, do we? Even our founding fathers talked about this social justice system in a very negative way. Uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to uh, Joseph Milligan on April the 6th, 1816, and here's what he said. Thomas Jefferson said, quote, To take from one, because it is thought his own industry and that of his father's has acquired too much, in order to spare to others who, or whose fathers, have not exercised equal industry and skill, is to violate arbitrarily the first principle of association, the guarantee to everyone the free exercise of his industry and the fruits acquired by it. And he was correct. The very idea that we should allow government to collect our wealth away from us and allow government to give it to those who don't or won't work is outrageous, and it flies directly in the face of what the Bible says about giving in the parable of the rich or young ruler in Matthew 19, whom Jesus told to, quote, sell all he had and give it to the poor and follow me, unquote. What Jesus was telling this young man was that if he wanted to truly follow him, that he would have to give his wealth to the poor as a sign that his heart was right and that he loved Jesus more than his wealth. Now that is true giving. 
The fact is that the Bible states that we are to be charitable towards the poor and needy and that we are to give to them out of love, not because we have to as a matter of mandate by the government. This contradictory heretical gospel that is being deployed in our churches today is a social gospel, a gospel that is not primarily concerned with the sacrificial atoning death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how God's grace is available to all as a means of salvation. It is a false man-centered gospel which seeks to place its emphasis and priority upon man himself first and foremost and its secondary emphasis on the saving of our earthly environment. I mean, I'm sure that you can see here that this is plainly not the gospel of Christ. Christ doesn't even get third billing in this false gospel. Obviously, the true gospel of Christ and this false social gospel simply cannot skip merrily hand in hand down a primrose path together. Why not? Uh, there was a guy named Paul Proctor of a program called News with Views uh, years ago that summed it up rather nicely, and he stated, quote, uh, where is it here? Oh, here we go. The social gospel and its increasingly popular social justice campaign is not an acceptable substitute for preaching repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Its promoters all too often set aside the vertical, spiritual, and eternal issues of sin, rebellion, obedience, holiness, and reverence toward God in order to redirect the focus toward more horizontal, horizontal, physical, and temporal values. In the end, the flesh is, for a time, fed and comforted, but the souls of sinners are left abandoned to biblical ignorance because disobedient do-gooders have spiritually sidetracked the church and its mission. That's what's going on, folks. The reason our churches are failing is because they've become man-centered and not Christ-centered. Let me say that one more time. The reason that our churches are failing in this country is because they've adopted a social justice, man-centered philosophy instead of a Christ-centered philosophy. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know, it occurs to me Wow I'm sorry guys I, Sometimes the gravity of this uh, Kind of hits me in the face But it occurs to me that um, If we continue on this path If we allow it to happen And in this country, make no mistake uh, Right now, we have the right to say uh-uh, we're not going there. We're not, we're not adopting a socialist form of, of government. We will not do that. 
we have constitutional protections against that. We are free to say, "Uh uh-uh, not for me and not for mine. And we better start paying attention to it. There's like 28 days, I think, until an election which could decide which direction this country goes from here on out. I think you can probably surmise from my tone who I'm voting for. Now, and by the way, we need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our entire government. But let's pray for our president in particular. Here's a guy who's been attacked since before day one of his administration. Relentlessly. Falsely accused. He's had to deal with this every minute of every hour of every day that he has spent in office and he's done a wonderful job in the process. Sure, nobody's perfect. But I think he's done a wonderful job. I'm praying for him. I'm praying that the Lord keeps him healthy and I'm praying that the Lord sheds his mercy and his grace on this nation. Even though in great measure we don't deserve it. I'm praying that he sheds his grace and mercy on this nation and allows Donald Trump to remain in office for the next four years. If the opposite does happen, ladies and gentlemen, you can expect your constitutional protections and your your rights. I mean, did you know that the Constitution uh, has had 27 amendments made to it? 27. The first 10 are normally what's called the Bill of Rights. Okay? Uh, The freedom to worship is number one. And they're trying to take that away from us. They're closing churches but allowing you to go to Walmart. Don't you see what's going on, folks? It should be obvious. It should be obvious. It's plain as the nose on my face, and I've got a big nose. So it's pretty obvious. Are we going to let it happen? Are we going to speak up? Are we going to do what we have the right to do, ladies and gentlemen, and say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not getting away with that anymore. I think it's time that we do. If we allow this country to adopt socialism, then we're allowing our government, and this is what they will do, they will wad up our Constitution and throw it in a crapper. You understand? That's what they're going to use it for. They're going to use it as toilet paper. It'll be gone. You will lose your God-given rights to the government. Now look, folks, I, I am with Pastor Chamberlain on this one. I prefer to remain biblical and not political. But unfortunately, in the current situation our country's in, 
you can't ignore the political. That's just a fact of the matter. Don't ignore it. Get out and vote. It's your right as a citizen of this country for now. Get out and vote. Do not let godless communists and socialists ruin this country. Well, there might be some people out that are listening to this that are, would say, well, so what? So what if we do adopt a new form of government? The Constitution provides for that, too. Yep, it's within the power of the people. It's within the power of the people to institute a new form of government. It certainly is. It says so in the Constitution. Okay? That's the people. That doesn't mean Congress. It means the people. That doesn't mean the president or the vice president. It means the people have a right to institute a new form of government if the form of government they have is no longer working for the people uh, and, and consisting of uh, uh, members of Congress elected by the people. If the government is not working on your behalf to benefit you and protect you, yes, it, was, it is within our rights as the people to institute a new form of government. We just better not let it be communism. It'll fail, and everybody else in this country will suffer miserably because of it. History proves it. Look it up. Look it up. So, those of you that say, so what if we do change? Well, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, so what? what? What's the worst that could happen? Well, here's the, the worst that could happen. Are you still in Proverbs chapter 1? Good. Good. I think we left off uh, in verse 16, where it says, uh, well, verse 15 and 16, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. And then in verse 17 it says, Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. You know what that means? It means that a bird is not going to step into your trap if he sees you laying that trap. And that's why everything that our government has been doing for many, many years is called, and you'll recognize these words, covert. Hmm? Covert. That's what we do. Covert operations. Huh? Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Verse 18, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. Where's that? 
Well, right now, it's the halls of Congress. Wisdom cries in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. And by the way, in the Old Testament, uh, the city gate was where government was conducted. Hence the reference to the openings of the gates. In the city, wisdom uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would have none of my reproof then I will also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early then, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Pretty plain, folks. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Those that fear God are told in this passage in Proverbs. Those that fear God and obey what God says in his word, are going to be safe from evil. Right there. It says it in verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Well, what's going to happen to everybody else? Well, we just read it. We just read it. When their destruction comes, and it will, then they're going to be saying, okay, 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 God, okay. All right, all right, we're sorry, and uh, 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 this is not turning out too good, and we're, we're sorry, we know it was a mistake. Uh, please forgive us, and, 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 uh, and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. God plainly says here in this passage in Proverbs, if you don't fear me, if you don't respect me, you turn away my counsel. You turn your back on my commandments. You ignore the laws and the precepts that I, that I have commanded you to do. 
If you ignore it, you turn away from it, you despise it, you openly ridicule it, when your destruction comes, and it will, and you're hollering for help, I'll be deaf. I won't hear it. Folks, I don't want to be in that group. Do you? Do you? Political correctness, social justice agenda, can never be, can never be the church's agenda. It can be the government agenda. It can be the United Nations agenda. And by the way, it is the United Nations agenda. Just read, um, oh, um, um, what's it called? Uh, United Nations Agenda 21. And now the new one, the updated one, uh, uh, United Nations Agenda 2030. Read them. And you'll see what the powerful and rich, those that have increased the spoils in their house, what they want to do to you. You'll see what their plans are for you. You won't like it. Better wake up, Christians. This is a call to wake up. If we haven't been fearing the Lord properly, we need to get back to it. I thank God for the church that I belong to. And for a pastor uh, here uh, in my neighborhood, uh, and for a pastor that does not compromise with the world, he preaches the Word of God. He lets God say what God said. There is no changing it. There is no candy-coating it. And I appreciate his faithfulness and the stand that he takes. And uh, that's the reason I, I belong to this church. Uh, it teaches the Bible. It teaches God's word the way it ought to be taught. It's not spiced up. It's not toned down. It's here's what God says. You can like it or you can not like it, but here's what it says. Our churches don't do that anymore. We go to mega churches, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to badmouth mega churches, but in many cases they become mega churches because uh, they they tickle the ears of people instead of telling them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Hmm. They'd rather hear a man-centered gospel. Uh, does this sound familiar? How about Joel Osteen? Well, what's the last book he wrote? Your Best Life Now. What? If you're a Christian, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 
that your best life is not now. Your best life comes after this physical shell of yours dies and is reunited with Christ in heaven. That's your best life. And that's the one we're supposed to be looking forward to, folks. But you go ahead and continue to tune in to Joel and, and some of the others that don't, they never, they never mention sin. That's not talked about from Joel Osteen's pulpit. And he's just an example that came to my mind first. You don't hear him talk about sin. People don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear that they have to repent of it. They don't want to hear about hell and what eternity there means. They don't want to hear about that's all. It's negative. Yep, it's negative, but it's the truth. And if you're only telling people half the truth, God loves you. Truth. God wants you to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Truth. But if you don't, You're in danger of hellfire. Truth. But if you only give out half of it and you don't tell people the whole truth, all you're doing is lying and you'll pay for that too. Folks, let's get back to the fundamentals. I urge you, start opening your Bibles. Start studying as we're commanded to. We're supposed to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth, that don't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to know what it says. We, know, we need to know all of the truth that's in it. I urge you, I pray that you'll start doing that. I need to do more of it. And I plan to, and I'm going to. Folks, we've got some serious times coming up. If you're wise, you'll place your future in the hands of Jesus Christ. Not your local government. Jesus Christ. But you do need to do your civic duty and make sure that you're standing guard against the enemy coming through the gate. And they're there, and they're ready to push through. We've got to stop them. Keep praying for your president. Keep praying that the church returns from its social justice agenda and its man-centered uh, doctrines to a Christ-centered teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Pray that the Lord sheds His grace and His mercy on this country.
All right, folks. I'm sorry if I've sounded a little bit... No, I'm not sorry. If I've sounded a little harsh and uh, alarmist uh, at any point here, but listen. These are serious times. And we need we need to take a serious stand. If we don't, we can say goodbye to America as we once knew it. Because it'll change. And it'll change big. Be on guard against it. Don't let it happen. We can stop it. Jesus Christ can stop it. God can stop it, but only if we fear Him and respect Him and listen to what He has to say. I pray that you'll do that. Now, if I haven't ticked you off completely, <laughs> please feel free. Uh, pray that you will tune in again next week. Um, and uh, pastor should be back then. And uh, we look forward to that. And again, let me thank you all for tuning in and uh, being faithful to do so each week. Uh, we, we are uh, a Christ-centered, if you can't tell, we're a Christ-centered, <laughs> we're a Christ-centered ministry, and we always will be, and we make no apologies for it. Uh, we will continue to be. And uh, we hope that we will also continue to be uh, secondarily the source for uh, what you truly need to know. Primarily, uh, we, we pray that your source will always be the Word of God as it is for us. Thank you again for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Pray for our president. Pray for this great country that it remains great, and that the Lord continues to shed his mercy and abundant grace on us. And we'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. Be safe.